Our kids are being raised in a media-saturated world. Their media choices have become virtually endless. And some of this is good, right? But when does too much of even a good thing become a bad thing? Can too many media choices actually dilute what good and bad choices look like? With respect to digital technology, is it wise for our kids to have unfettered access to the proverbial candy shop? And could there be psychological, emotional, behavioral, and even physical and spiritual risks when we do? Well, we're going to tackle some of those questions, maybe not all, but we're going to tackle some of those questions and more as we talk with Philip Telfer from Media Talk 101. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. And you know, Trace, the debate about media and its influence on our kids has been going on for decades, and it just seems like it's ramping up. And it seems that too many parents aren't linking their children's behavioral issues to what they've allowed them to be amused by media-wise. Shouldn't this be self-evident, Trace? Yeah, well, you know, with less evidence, people have been imprisoned for murder. Uh, (laughs) No, the evidence definitely exists, uh, but I think there's some perspective that needs to be looked at here. You know, my parents' generation, and then many in my generation, the baby boomers, have been addressing this issue since radio and TV were virtually the only electronic media vehicles in play. My dad used to call the TV the idiot box. That mm-hmm. was uh, one of the, uh, you know, that, that device with four mm-hmm. black and white channels and the rabbit ears on top. I, <laughs> I thought he was nuts. He, he also railed on our music and our movies. Again, I thought he was nuts. But I was a chimp. I was a kid, a Neanderthal. I mean, my frontal lobe was still a work in progress. Meanwhile, my family, including my dad, had already been conditioned by habit that when we walked into a house, into our house, or, or got out of bed in the morning, we'd automatically turn on the TV. And without remote control, mind you, and this was whether we actually watched the TV or not. My dad was like an alcoholic who perfectly understood the inherent dangers of alcoholism, yet because it was a habit, likely an addiction, there was a cognitive dissonance in the equation. Then as my generation came of age, we got cable. We had ESPN and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other channels, but not Mm 2,000 of them. And at that time, we were still decades away from having the internet and all all that goes with it, by the way. Mm. Today, between satellite and cable, there actually are at least 2,000 channels that people can choose from. And it's 24-7, 365. And that's just the channels. That's not counting all the programs that are on each channel. Now... What about today's generation? Michelle, do you know how many different platforms for information and entertainment are on the internet? Oh, you know, I'm trying to do a fast count here, Trace, and <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, well, there's there's YouTube videos, there's TikTok, there's social media apps and uh, podcasts. It's crazy. No, I, I don't know how many are out there. Yeah, I don't either. But But here's my point. 
my generation, idiot box stricken as we were, still weren't overwhelmed with infinite amounts of media in our formative years, as were mm. subsequent generations, beginning yeah. with millennials. So we had yeah. a better shot of right. growing up with a few of our critical, constructive, and creative brain cells still intact, tainted as they may have been, according to my dad. But now that I know what I know and see what I see, he was probably more right than I care to admit. I mean, kids from the millennial generation are largely born uh, and, and grew up with digital technology wired in their DNA. They had video game controllers sticking out of their ears at birth. And then when most teens would die to get their driver's license in a car, uh, a lot of these kids were too glued to screens and keyboards to even care about driving. Why? Because they were bringing the public square and all their friends right into the privacy of their own bedrooms. But here's the scary part. These aren't the kids we're dealing with at Shepherd's Hill today. No, these people are now the parents of the kids we're dealing with at Shepherd's Hill. Digital addicts have given birth to digital addicts. Gen Z had smartphones growing out of their ears at birth and much more, <laughs> a much more complicated and, and potentially destructive thing. So Gen Z kids are like crack babies and this is the only world they know. Addiction's the new normal. So how can a kid stay sane trying to navigate all this without some wise and regular parental oversight and instruction? How can adults do it? Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious when you look at our world today. We can't. We aren't. Some of these crack babies, so to speak, are now running our government. They're in our media. They're they're Mm -hmm. in the education field. My dad was right from the jump. Using the frog in the boiling water analogy, maybe the water temperature was only maybe 95 degrees back then, but today it's well past the boiling point. And the sad thing is that so many parents think that you know they just have to get used to it, all while it boils them to death. So think about it. Even with only four channels, TV was still somewhat addictive. Parents, we have to wake up and turn this ship around for the sake of our posterity. Well, Trace, let me introduce our guest for today because I think he has put some things in place to turn this ship around. And I know that he'll share that with our parents listening. Philip Telfer is our guest today. Philip is first and foremost a child of God and a disciple of Christ. Philip's a pastor and he's also the founder of Media Talk 101. He's the author of Media Choices, Convictions, or Compromise. And he just might be hyped up on caffeine because he roasts his own coffee and loves to share it with his family and friends. Do you have some to share with us today, Philip? (laughs) Well, that's kind of hard to do over radio, but you're always welcome to a good cup (laughs) of coffee if you find yourself in Texas. Well, if it's good, we'll take a stab at it. Uh, Philip, welcome back to the Licensed Parent Broadcast, brother. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, you're a pastor, but you're also an author and a filmmaker on the subject of how media, kids, parents, and a biblical worldview should coexist, if you will. Uh, since media and the issues that come along with it are everywhere and all the time, why aren't more pastors weaving this subject into their Sunday sermons? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. In fact, uh, I was meeting with um, Bob Walaszewski. You know, he was former um, president of Plugged In Online. And he was speaking at our film festival, and he was actually sitting across the table for lunch with a young person and he was saying the very same thing. You know what? Pastors don't really address the subject of media discernment uh, today. Mm. And the, the young person that sat across from him said, well, our pastor does. And, uh, and so he said, really, that's, that's unusual. I'd like to meet him. And the person mm-hmm. said, oh, well, you already know him. It's Philip Telfer. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> and, you um, up real good for that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, you know what? I, I, this all began for me you know, back when I was 17, and I grew up in the church. And But at 17, I had a, a real life-changing encounter with Christ. And I went from being kind of a rebel and a black sheep in my household to really being on fire for God and following him. And something happened, though, was I was not discerning uh, in my junior high, high school years regarding media and entertainment. And so when I became a true follower of Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit began to convict me about the influence of these things in my life. And nobody, I was not hearing this from anybody else. And definitely not my peers, not my parents, not my pastors. Uh, and so it was really awkward to be kind of alone in this at the age of 17. And so I went on, on my own, I went on a two week media fast and that revolutionized my life. And a lot of the light pollution, you know, just dissipated sure. and I could just see God more clearly and my, my thinking began to clear up. And I realized, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how much this had a hold on me. Now, you know, I'm 50 years old. So <laughs> we're going back to the, you know, the late eighties at I'll this be 50 point. Again. And, and so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm talking about how impactful that was for me before the age of the internet, of the smartphone, mm -hmm. of Netflix, mm -hmm. Amazon streaming, you know, iTunes. Uh, we had none of that. And yet I was, st I still had struggles. And so I began to, you know, live differently than the rest of my mm -hmm. culture. And it wasn't until I became a youth pastor many years later that I began to say, you know what, I need to share what I've been experiencing with with youth and help cast vision for why this is so important to them. So I've been doing this for over 20 years um, and I've seen the changes. So things haven't gotten easier. <laughs> things have gotten yeah. worse. You know, George Barna once said, media exposure has become America's most widespread and serious mm. addiction. Oh, okay. And and so that's what, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with kids who, according to the CDC, eight to 10 year olds spend six hours a day in front of entertainment media. That's not yeah. school. That's, right. you know, so, and yeah, go ahead. So Philip, how do you weave these kinds of things into your sermons? How do you help educate your congregation on this? Sure. Well, the first thing is we have to address it. You know, you have to at least bring it up. It would be better to say we have a problem and we're not sure about the answers than to not address mm -hmm. it at all. But I think many pastors mm -hmm. are afraid to, to address it, number one, because they're compromised. And they're not discerning. And that's right. the that's the number one reason. And well, number 50 two, fifty percent are struggling with pornography for crying out loud. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think the mm -hmm. second reason is because even if they felt some tinge of like I really ought to deal with this issue, they they don't want to come across as not having answers. And right now, there's yeah. I spent most of the last twenty years trying to raise awareness and sound the alarm, and most pastors parents and even students you know kind of tune you out but yeah. something has changed and you've probably seen it as well and especially since the pandemic i mean people are waking up and they're and now we have parents saying you know what there is a problem but we don't know what to do so mm -hmm. right. that's where we're at today you are listening to License to Parent. Our guest today on License to Parent is Philip Telfer. He's the founder of Media Talk 101. And you can connect with Media Talk 101 by going to the website mediatalk101.org. Trace Embry, Philip, and I will be right back after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. 
With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a nature-based therapy program for teens in crisis. And today we are helping you, the parent, understand media and the dangers it's presenting to our kids. Our guest is Philip Telfer. And Philip, I'm just curious, how do you counsel parents on how to make wise media choices? Sure, that's a great question. And the first thing I do is encourage them that less is more. You know, t- mm. too many parents feel like their kids are going to somehow be behind the times if they if they regulate uh, yeah, the amount of media and entertainment yeah. in their household. And the reality is, is if you look at some of the some of the big names of our culture today um, that have produced a lot of these technologies, uh, whether it's Google or or um, the Apple devices, uh, those guys, they were uh, kept from that media when they were kids. There were a lot of more Montessori students and th- mm. their parents understood that that's not limiting uh, to keep them from all these devices. It's actually empowering them to actually learn how to think. Right. And so, exactly. so th- I do encourage parents to, to understand it's like a diet, you know, and there's two issues that we have this health food craze right now. Everybody's trying to figure out how do we become more healthy through exercise, through better eating, but they're not thinking mm-hmm. about how your well-being is affected by your media choices. And so I advocate a healthy media diet. And there's two issues. One is how much is on the plate and we're, yeah. and that we're piling too much on the plate. That's, that's the bottom line. When, when children ages 11 to 14 are spending nine hours a day in front of entertainment media, besides what they do with school, um, that's too much. 
And then the second issue is what is on the plate? You know, mm. you've got too much and then what's on the plate? It's either empty calories or at worst it's toxic and it's, and it's not helpful. So we really need to be discerning on both of those, mm-hmm. but parents need to have tools. They, they, they are behind <laughs> on really understanding how to address this. And so another thing I'll tell parents and And that is if you are a parent of young children, it's so much easier to get this right now, you know, to begin to integrate this into the home. It's not that you can't like turn the ship if you've got teens in the household, but it's it's so much better. So I do a lot of outreach to parents with young children and help them to understand, set your family on a better trajectory. And it's we're not gonna we're not gonna neglect reaching out to parents of teens. Um, or young adults, but nevertheless, you know, yeah. it's it's so important. So how do you help the parents set the family on a better trajectory? What does that look like? Because I think some parents need to have it spelled out for them. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I remember even years ago, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a study and they were making recommendations for, for how much time children should mm-hmm. or should not be watching television. Right. And even uh, good the television. numbers. Yeah. And the numbers were shocking, you know, for most people because they didn't Mm. believe that any child under the age of two should watch any TV. And uh, over the age of two, it should be very, very limited. And so today the recommendations are, you know, are still, I think, very generous, but it's it's less than two hours a day, you know, of yeah. interaction with entertainment media. And it probably should be less than that, but I'll, I'll at least right. start because it helps parents to understand, hey, there are a lot of like, quote, experts, you know, that are doing the studies, and they're even saying, you know what, it's too much. So you need to scale back. But here's another thing parents need to know. You can't just take it away from your children without replacing it That's with right. something better. And so you have to mm. replace versus take away. But what you're going to replace it with is going to cost you as a parent more time, money, and energy, and parents aren't willing to do it. They're not willing to invest time with their children because this is not about building fences. You know, I was I spent some time in Africa and you you go there and they have a lot of shepherds and but there are no fences, but there's always the presence of a shepherd. Hey and hey, you get you know that's the name of your your um, organization, Shepherd's Hill. So the idea is that a parent yeah, there's some boundaries that you set, but what's most important is that you are present in their life and that takes time. And you've got, you know, and doing things like playing a board game takes more effort than just turning the on, you know, on your TV or your computer mm-hmm. or your phone. Um, taking your taking your family out for a bike ride or a hike or doing something, uh, doing some crafts together. Uh, that or building, you know, my my son and I, we used to build remote control airplanes together as a alternative to video games. You know, hey, let's build airplanes and let's fly them together. That takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy, and uh, you have to make a sacrifice as a parent. But the short term uh, benefits that parents believe they're getting by having their little children, <laughs> you know, subdued by an electronic yeah. screen has has long term negative effects and they're not yeah. going to like the outcome and and parents right. aren't liking the outcome of this trajectory let's, let's talk about your book a little bit uh, media choices convictions or compromise uh why should this book be in every church and home in america mm-hmm. particularly christian homes well for one it, it's interesting that years ago there was a group of youth pastors uh meeting they were with the lazan network which was started by billy graham mm-hmm. and it was an international gathering of youth workers 
happening in Indonesia. And there was a there was a youth worker from Kenya, Africa that was there, and he asked them, is there any book that has been written from a Christian worldview geared towards teens that's about media discernment? And a man named uh, Rudolf Kibbutz from South Africa said, yes, there's one book that I know of. And it's a book called Media Choices, Convictions are Compromised by an American author named Philip Telford. You can find it on Kindle or on Amazon. And, uh, and that, um, that became came a, a new ministry opportunity that we had in Africa. It's been published and read by thousands of kids there. So, awesome. so it's geared towards junior high, high school students. Uh, it also is designed if a parent wants to read it as well, it would be good for them. But I love it. In Africa, they are, you know, parents are going through this book, you know, and youth leaders are going through this book because they're hungry. But here in America, people really are not quite ready uh, to, you know, be challenged. But it's a very gracious, story-driven book that's geared towards teens, short chapters, and uh, it's, it's not extreme, but it is it is confrontational about what we're mm-hmm. facing. And the, mm-hmm. and the appeal to this generation is like, you need to develop personal convictions. You need to understand why not just your parents are concerned about this, but why you as a, as a teen should be concerned about this. Yeah. Well, a while back, you also produced an award-winning film called Captivated. Some of it was actually shot right here at Shepherd's Hill. Uh, what can parents and their kids still glean from Captivated that can help them understand what the power of media can actually do for or do to a young person's attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors. Sure. First of all, you got to watch mm-hmm. it, and you can watch it for free at mediatalk101.org. We got a 60-minute, the broadcast version of this documentary, and you can um, learn a lot from that. It's it's a decade old, but it's had a long shelf life because what we do at Media Talk 101 is focusing on on big picture principles and the all the details are going to change. So there's a few things that that are present in the documentary that's like, well, that's old. You know, if you're talking about Farmville on Facebook, mm. that's not such a big thing. Uh, and then it's also what's not in the documentary. We're not we don't. There's no mentions of Instagram or TikTok because they just weren't around. Right. But the things that you learn, the principles, and especially the stories. We have a lot of stories in the documentary. Shepherd's Hill is one of them, but we also have a lot of teens and young adults who share their stories of how they unplugged and how that impacted them. We've got a skateboarder we interviewed in Chicago. We got a a young lady who took a break from Facebook and how that had an impact on her. And so that's that's gold right there for parents just to see and then to sit down with your children and watch it with them and see that, hey, there are people who are recognizing and making changes, and it's benefiting them. They're not speaking right. about this mm-hmm. as like, oh, this was terrible. Oh, no, this was so beneficial. That's a media outlet that could actually, you know, be very, very beneficial for parents and their kids to, to look at together. I mean, when we're talking about media choices. Let me ask you this. What's the magic about electronic media? Uh, would we really have a problem with Junior reading a good book for eight hours every day? Well, <laughs> Junior won't read a, a book for eight hours a day because it's books aren't designed... They don't have the same mechanisms of of keeping your Dopamine. attention fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so everything that's happening on a screen, also the platforms themselves. So, YouTube has an endless scroll. There's no end. Eventually, you get to the end of a book. <laughs> you know, you get to the end of a chapter, yeah, true. and it's done. But but there's an endless scroll on social media, and then social media has been gamified. It has been tweaked in order to 
keep people's attention and not let them off. It, it goes all the way back. If you remember Neopets or even before then, there was these back in the 80s, there were these little keychain devices you could get, which had a little digital pet. And um, the whole concept of this is that you had to interact with it. You had to feed it at intervals. And if you didn't, your pet got unhealthy and it could even possibly die. And that was devastating to a child. Well, that was all the precursor for what we have with social media. It's designing systems that require you to keep checking back in and keep you addicted to to this device and they're all designed that way that you know you know about this video games it's the same thing they do studies to figure out how can we uh, keep the attention so you know the smartphone is is the uh, possibly the best and the worst thing that's happened to to culture in many ways because you and I when we were kids how would we have fared if we had access to the world's largest arcade, the world's largest collection of porn, Mm -hmm. the world's largest collection of movies, the world's largest collection of music, and then a connection to all your friends 24-7, all in the palm of your hand, I wouldn't have survived. I wouldn't have made it. So this generation is facing an unprecedented challenge, and parents are as well. Parenting's always been tough. And consequences. You mentioned on your website, Philip, that uh, portable devices and nonstop connectivity has created new concerns and a growing awareness of widespread societal consequences. So talk to us about those consequences. And I'm sorry, we only have two minutes. (laughs) Sure. Well, depression is one of them. You know, the more time, especially Mm -hmm. girls spend on social media, the more depressed suicidal and full of despair they become. The studies are in, it, it, it demonstrates that. And so that's just one example. But there are, there are so many other things that are affecting the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being of children. Yep. And this mm-hmm. isn't, we're not just pulling rabbits out of a hat. I, I read the books, I read the studies, read Glow Kids by Nicholas Kadaris, or, mm-hmm. you know, um, Resetting Your Child's Brain uh, by Dr. Victoria Dunkley. All these uh, demonstrate that this electronic stimulation, constant stimulation, is negatively affecting youth today. Philip, thank you so mm-hmm. much for being with us today. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you. And uh, I, I do want to mention, uh, I've been working for a year and a half on a new online course for teens on this subject called Screen Time 101. And you can find information about that at mediatalk101.org. So this would be something as a parent, you would say, hey, I'm going to sign my kid up for this course, oh, and they're going to get to go through and, and actually uh, have 20 lessons on this subject that will help them understand how they can regain focus and find balance. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole purpose of this course, to, to regain focus and to find balance in your life. Amen. Amen. Sounds wonderful. Your radio well, guess- show's too short. Sorry. It, it is, is too, too short. short. I was just thinking that we, we need to have you back on. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Philip Telfer. Today, we've been talking about the dangers of media use and how to be wise. And you can connect with Philip at mediatalk101.org. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherd's Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You know, there are many reasons why parents and students come to us. Some students are suicidal. Others are addicted to gaming or phones. And if your teen is experiencing some of these behaviors, contact us through our website, licensedtoparent.org, and see how we can help you and your child. 
Shepherd's Hill Academy is helping many troubled teens because of generous donors. Would you consider being a part of our financial team? A gift of any amount to Shepherd's Hill brings hope and help to families in crisis. You can give securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensedaparent.org. Your gift is tax deductible. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Daniel Fazina helps with guest relations. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.